I don't know what to do for a cold open this week. Because mm. the master of nonsense isn't here. Yeah, we don't have Nate, the master of the cold open. <laughs> it's not here. I guess this is it then. Um, just, have have just, you seen any good boats? Uh, oh, yeah. Well, I can't remember if, if I talked about it on the podcast, but a um, like a massive 3,000 person cruise ship came in. It was brilliant. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. And I properly, went, I was like, ooh. And I, I literally, full Francis Bourgeois, I was like one of those people from like the 20s who would wave at ships. I, like, I walked down into town just to go look at the big boat and then I walked over again. <laughs> oh, well, you know, you do you. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> Welcome to this, the Electronic Wireless Show, Rock Paper Shotguns, PC Gaming Podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion. This is episode 184, the best games on paper. <laughs> I couldn't think of a better name. So that'll that'll really bring the listeners in. And I'm Alice Bell, and I'm joined, not by Nate Crowley this week, but luckily I'm joined by Hugh Concept. <laughs> yeah, it's like high concepts. But, but a man. <laughs> but a man. Uh... Oh man, I, I I haven't got a lot for this guy. He's called Hugh. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, is it in itself a high concept name for this podcast? I don't know. See, Hugh concept of the the Buckinghamshire concepts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you been, Hugh? Uh, good, thank uh, you. Things. I had a week off last week. Ooh, uh, ooh la la. Which, which was very pleasant and Catherine was at PAX as everyone will know from watching all that excellent PAX footage there is and... actually genuinely I'll break in to say uh, there's a lot of really cool PAX stuff for supporters like mm. behind the scenes bits and bobs and daily videos and stuff it has been very cool mm. there you go um, so I was left to my own devices and it was like turning back the clock to my mid-twenties and what life was like when I had like zero responsibilities and could just eat total uh-huh. junk and not take care of myself properly. So, yeah, you said that you'd, last time we spoke to you, it was it was this this time last week and just before we started recording the podcast, you were like, it's, it's 10 in the morning and I've already had like, it was, it was like a Mars bar and six cans of Rio or something. <laughs> I'd had, I definitely had had s- several, several donuts and half a bottle of Fentimans. Um, <laughs> I got, you know, the big glass bottles of Fentimans, that's the closest yeah. I'll ever get to like a whiskey bottle like they have in hardboiled detective fiction. You know, Leave when they- <laughs> The sensation of holding a big glass bottle and like taking off the screw cap and drinking a highly concentrated yeah. burst of uh, Fentiman's cherry cola. Um, <laughs> That's your whiskey. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I was hitting the hard stuff pretty early. Uh, I ate a lot of takeaways last week. Um, Very good. 
I used it as an opportunity to go to all the takeaways that Catherine doesn't like, um, so we don't have when she's here, Ooh, like the nasty, have... the nasty burger place. <laughs> <laughs> There's a place that does the worst. Well, they're not worse. I think they're nice, but they are trash, and there's something bad about about them. Oh, there is the the best like takeaway pizzas always come from places that you do not want to see. Like you don't want to walk past them. Yeah, and look they're called into like them. mega you know pizza. I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want someone who's gone like legit, like Papa John. You want and someone who's just taken the word pizza and stuck an adjective in front of it. In when I was living, for the best, and also was, no health inspector comes by. <laughs> exactly, like they've got like a D rating, but they've they've taped over it a bit so and turned it well, upside down. All so it looks what like they do seat, is they know. basically like they burn their their brand down, you know, because of a bad health rating, and then just relaunch themselves as a new business. Maybe someone else in the family becomes the manager, so that you can't really track it but that happens in bath a lot there's several shops which have just changed name and it's it's it's, it's <laughs> definitely the same. Been because the first shop was the so cursed they just had to like raise it raise it to the ground and then come back as like mega pizza comes back as like family pizza comes back as friends pizza <laughs> yeah and then acquaintances pizza and I'm there, there to eat all of it. There um, was in in Brighton. There was there was yummy pizza, and that was the one I know. And and that was the one. Like when I first moved there, I said to Graham, "Like, what's a good pizza place?" And he was like, "Well, if you want like cheap and a lot of it, and it's you know not going to kill you, then yummy pizza." So yummy pizza had quite a good rap for the you know. But <laughs> other pizza places cottoned on to this. So then when you looked on like Just Eat or whatever, there was yummy pizza. Then there was yummy pizza spelt with like an IE. And there was like original <laughs> yummy pizza. <laughs> oh my word. There's a Chinese takeaway in Bath called Yummy House, which I'm always like, <laughs> nah. <laughs> Whenever I see it, I'm, I'm not falling for it. It's it just got such a trap energy to it. Makes me think of that far side cartoon with the the dog with the washing machine in Catford written on the door. <laughs> and you are the cat. <laughs> I'm oh, yeah, I'm definitely the cat. It's like, nah. That, yummy doesn't do it for me in the name of a place. That's too that's too on the nose. Not uh, horrible pizza. Yeah. Do you have uh, in Brighton while we're talking about takeaways, during lockdown, uh, we became aware of the great uh delivery scam where chain restaurants I was not aware of this, but I don't know if you've talked about it before, but if Matthew, if you get Matthew on the subject, you will be subject to like a a several minute conspiracy theory, like Charlie Day and the board. It's like proper JFK, (laughs) Kevin Costner back and to the left. Um, Yeah, basically big, big restaurants that that have smaller businesses where they try and make it look like they're not that big restaurant because you're like, well, I don't want to have you know, a burger from, I'm trying to think of the name of a restaurant now. There was a restaurant in Bath called Absurd Bird that did this loads, where they basically operated as 10, like, boutique eateries. So they all yeah. looked like local businesses, but they actually had the same address, which was this one chicken restaurant, which I didn't particularly like. So they were, like, zany burgers and mega shakes and, you know, mountain of chips, but they were all the same business and... uh uh uh, PC gamer person uh, Phil Savage uh, was the person who really drilled into this. He went proper like conspiracy board and and um, revealed just how how deep 
the rabbit hole went. <laughs> this goes all the way to the top. It really does. Yeah. Um, why? Yeah, do you know why wild. they they do it? I think it's because. Uh, I, well, I was led to believe that certain business, certain delivery services have like an exclusivity deal, and one way around it is to literally just launch yourself as another business, so you can operate oh. on Just Eat or Uber Eats, but then you can also operate on Deliveroo as you know these ten other businesses. I also think it's to make it sound like oh, there's a specialist shop in Bath that only sells milkshakes. You'd probably go to that for a milkshake over uh, half yeah. of a milkshake from this, you, like, from you this burger it. place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, a big old scam. But that's that's before you get into, you, what were they called? Are they called dark kitchens? Have you heard about these? Yeah, is it like nobody's going into restaurants anymore, so they just rely on... Well, they have, like, there are restaurants in town, but then they they, they basically, like... They, there's like a they sort of hire like warehouses, industrial estates, and that becomes like the industrial wing of that restaurant just for delivery. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. So like you may think, oh, I'm going to, you know, I, I don't know who does this. Let's say McDonald's. I'm going to say, you know, off the top of my head, but it may not actually come from the McDonald's in town. It may come from a small kind of kitchen that is just set up. And they call, I think they call them dark kitchens. <laughs> Like the dark web. Yeah, it's like the dark <laughs> you have web to pay of fast in crypto food. And then, and it's, then they'll give the, like your chips come with a side of heroin. Yeah, <laughs> I think they do this. It's more like outside of like big cities. I don't think there are any in Bath, but um, yeah, it's like a proper. There's there's something like sort of sinister going on. I think it's like a bit of a dubious workaround as well for certain, you know financial reasons or whatever. But yeah, I'm pretty sure it's dark kitchens. Don't don't like the sound of that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, thank you for that, Matthew. Yeah, there's a lot of fast food chat. Aware of the danger. I'm still finding my go-tos here in Ireland, partly because it's it's a much smaller town that I'm living in, so there's basically only one of each flavour of takeaway anyway. (laughs) So so when I say finding my go-tos, I'm just figuring out, here's the one place I can get pizza, and here's the one place I can get... Does Ireland have the same popular brands? Like, does it have, uh, like Pizza Express and no, it has uh, some of the same brands. It has Tesco, but it doesn't have Sainsbury. I think I've mentioned that before. Okay, um, I don't think it's got Pizza Express. It's got Papa John's. Okay, in more quantities than you think because because also I think Papa John's bought out or is is chained with Supermax, which is uh, an Irish brand. But and it also has uh, a lot more. Chinese takeaways uh, and a lot fewer Indian takeaways. Oh, interesting! But, um, and then there are specific things that you would only you you wouldn't be able to order, so like a spice bag or um, a, th- a three in one and stuff like that means specific things that you can get. What's from, a spice bag? I can't remember exactly. It's some combination of like spice and chips and possibly Ooh. chicken. And then I, but I remember a three in one because that's rice, curry sauce, and chips. I think. Oh, that sounds great. It's a v- very beige. Very <laughs> mm, me. Powerfully, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's, now you're talking my language. <laughs> it's a uh, bit like when you occasionally go, you know, to some European country and they've got like the last holdout of a of a brand you used to associate with like the British high street. Like you'll go there and you'll be like, holy shit. They've still got an hour price <laughs> or something. <laughs> um, uh, that's it's a Woolworths in Croatia. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no, I didn't like the. I haven't. I haven't 
liked chips and rice. My mm. my partner keeps trying to make me try them and enjoy them. And it's look, I like rice, I like chips. Sounds good on paper, <laughs> but I've not I've not kind of enjoyed it as a combination. Mm. That was sort of my attempt at a segue. But this week, yeah, we're talking about <laughs> That before we go into the main topic, don't I can hear you snickering at me, man. No, it was just I was just laughing at this the segue and it was quite a good segue and then I abandoned it like a Yeah. Like an unwanted puppy. I wanted to talk about because I text you you both and get well soon to Nate, I should say. Hoomst is not here today because he's got a sore throat and we can only hope he gets better soon. So there's someone to do good cold opens again. I was, it was sort of like the best sort of ideas for game or the best sort of like concepts for mm. games. Basically games that sound really good when you, when you say this is what the game is and they go, oh, that's a brilliant idea. Mm. Uh, and then maybe they, they work and maybe they don't. And then I ended up with the best games on paper as I was writing the email to you. I was like, oh yeah, I'll call it that. So that's mm. where we are. <laughs> well, that's fun. Yeah, I think I get it. I get the deal. I know what we're going for. There you go. Good. All right. Segway done. Segway complete. So I think there are immediately the first one I thought of, basically. I think there are a lot of indie games that have really good ideas. And then either they don't have like the billions of dollars to really go all the way with it or they just kind of don't yeah have the the manpower or whatever but the first game i thought of was donut country okay remember donut country uh, yeah i do what's the one line pitch for this that would intrigue you so donut country is like a, a a puzzle game or a narrative adventure where you control a black hole that sucks everything into it in a small desert town it's such a good idea and as soon as you see it in action it's so good and it like you can sort of shoot stuff out of it as well if you do it like some sometimes in action in the game it's really really good like um someone wants popcorn i think and if you suck in like a fire and then suck in a bunch of like corn kernels you start shooting out popcorn that's really cool i think that's really really good but the but for most of the rest of it you're just kind of the level is hoover up everything Mm. And it, it's not quite as sort of satisfying. Yeah. And not it's doing kind of, as much with the, the idea as I hoped it would. It's like a slightly more like aimless Katamari. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, but it's, I was kind of disappointed because it's such a good like starting principle, you know? What playing as a whole? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what <laughs> Yeah, I'm not, well, I like. I remember seeing like early footage of this when it was like first announced or first appeared on the scene or whatever and thinking, oh, that looks neat. I, I can't say like the concept of being a hole <laughs> necessarily speaks to me. <laughs> like I'm a bit of a hole myself. So, <laughs> yeah. But it, is that not why it should speak to you? Because uh, we're all in some way a hole. <laughs> we, are, we are just holes that got lucky, I think. <laughs> Or holes with ideas <laughs> above their station. Like, we just put yeah. stuff in the hole to sustain the hole, really. Exactly, and that is yeah. our whole Hole, deal. Holes that have airs. You, Matthew Castle, <laughs> work, working out how how many canapes you, you can consume but, but, before yeah. you look like a... <laughs> Some pretty good stuff come out of the holes, though. Like this podcast. <laughs> I'm not touching that one. Well, I could yeah. go so... Imagine if Nate was on this call... <laughs> Yeah, my word. That's yeah. True. yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, your hole made its me blocko. 
Yeah. Well, did that technically wow, that didn't, did that come out of a hole? Because <laughs> no, that did. I wouldn't say that the hole wasn't involved because I wrote it. But like, I like that there are people who you put stuff in the hole and beautiful music comes out the hole. That's quite yeah. nice. Sing, singers, <laughs> like I'm a big fan of the musical holes. Singers, musical holes. <laughs> That's how I see them. God. I think they should rename Glastonbury Festival of Holes. Whole fest. Whole fest. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's it's not entirely true. Like it's not like the music doesn't come out because you put food in. Like you need to put food in for music to come out, but there, you know, it's not a one for one. Thanks. I think that's good because <laughs> the listeners might have taken you very literally. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying you should just put food in. I don't know, Lady Gaga, and expect a song to come right back out of you. Is that not the process that a music producer goes through? Like you just expect music to come out of Lady Gaga. Mm, probably. Anyway, <laughs> I, I thought, I thought Donut Country mm. was a really great idea that didn't then kind of do what I it didn't do what I personally wanted and therefore <laughs> was disappointing. Mm. Um what but what okay, so you you're you weren't impressed by the whole idea. Nah. What's your best game well, on paper? Uh, like my really basic one for this is Ace Attorney in that the first time I heard oh there's this game where you play as like a lawyer and it's in a court and it's quite arcadey and it comes from Capcom who you obviously associate with like Street Fighter or I did anyway and um the idea of like it's going to be a kind of like an uh, sort of an arcade take on on a kind of courtroom situation and like yeah. now it seems perfectly normal like we've had so many of these games and you know how weird and wonderful indie games are I think it's a bit harder to kind of surprise or impress people these days um, yeah. but, but, but like back then, even in, you know, the early noughties, it was enough to be like, oh, that's really weird. What a weird idea. This isn't a traditional hero. You don't kill anything. You don't sort of fight anyone in a traditional sense, you know, a, a more of a DS game back then, obviously, because that's what, you know, when it, when it first came to the West, it was on a DS. Yeah. It had that added thing that you could shout objection into the microphone on the DS or just press the button. Such a, such a rubbish gimmick, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, I must admit, I don't really go for the shouting objection or hold it or that's that's not quite my cup of tea. And I consider myself an Ace Attorney mega fan and maybe that like excludes me from that, you know, in a way. Maybe the true fans are, are into the yelling. But um, yeah, as an, as an idea, I really like it. But I think now if, if someone came along now and said, oh, I'm making a game about a lawyer, you wouldn't be that kind of surprised by it. I just think things have changed a bit. But for the time, it was definitely quite a, oh, yeah, I want to see what that's like, which I think fits the criteria for this episode. Yeah. It's interesting. So I think I've discovered the fatal flaw at the heart of this this topic because I think, oh, it's a game you play as a lawyer is a terrible pitch. <laughs> really? Yeah, lawyering is boring in real life. Well, that's mostly the, you're like. Well, it's going to make it fun, isn't it? It's going to find the fun. All right, <laughs> but it's, but it's it, not real lawyering. It's it's nowhere near the real thing. It's like film lawyering. Film lawyers are fun. Yeah, I suppose it's just uh, fine. I'll allow it. Uh, this isn't like an are people like anti-lawyer in the same way that they're anti-cop. Is that a thing these days? Um, well, I mean, there have always been uh, lawyer jokes, right? Uh, lawyers, are mm. you know. 
I, if you are listening to this and you're a lawyer, I'm sure you're not, and you play a very important part in the justice system. Unless you represent but, like big gangsters, in which case, shame yeah. on you. <laughs> oh, don't. There'll be comments about like, I look. We all understand that defense lawyers are an important part of the thing as well. Matthew was talking about <laughs> joke mobster lawyers. Okay. Um, but this is interesting as well because there are, I think there are games that are really good, but they sound weird on paper if you try and explain them. Like any of Daniel Mullins games, like Inscription or Pony Island or any of them. Oh, you see, I actually had the hex on my list. Did you? Okay. Go for it. Well, that was because that's the one which in the run up it was sort of described as a murder mystery in a in a sort of hotel where all the people involved instead of being people they were video game genres it was like a dark mm. and stormy night and what happens when you know six video game genres find themselves in this kind of not locked room but this kind of secluded mansion i mean the actual I, i'd say the actual f- that that framing isn't like entirely true like what's going on in in the you know i wouldn't say the the stuff in the the sort of hotel bar type thing is like particularly murder mystery ish. Yeah. Um, but you do play as genres, like the idea of a game where all the characters are video game genres and the way it kind of explores that and represents that. I thought that was pretty cool. The Hex is still mm. my favorite Daniel Mullins game. I is think. it? Yeah, I prefer it a little more to Inscription. Um, my, my favorite is still Pony Island, I think, but that's just because it's the easiest one to engage yeah. in. Yeah. They're all good. I do, I do, I do like his deal. I do wonder if, like, maybe with inscription, like, you're expecting it too much now. Like, if you are on his, you if, like- if, you, if you're into his thing, you're like, all right. When like the big kind of meta twist comes, you're like, well, yeah. Like, is he like Daniel M. Knight Mullins now? What's that? Oh, you know, M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, tough, sorry. The... I thought that was a, 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 a much was more baffling a reference that had escaped me. <laughs> no. Yeah, a li- I but guess like a little the... bit. Where, like, the bigger twist would be not to do a twist, you know? Just, yeah, like, Daniel Mullen's next game is just going to be a normal... <laughs> yeah. Like a tower defence or a... Also, a like, the, like, I thought Inscription had a little bit too... Like, there was almost sort of too much of the card game or you needed to be too good at the card game where in his other games i think they kind of want you to discover the sort of weirdness they're maybe a bit like easier or quicker to get through inscription mm. was a bit more drawn out like i felt like it could have been a maybe a couple of hours shorter and like an intenser yeah. experience for it but as a rule like all of his games like cursed arcade cabinet yeah you know, murder yeah. mystery starring game genres or a card game that is more than it seems I mean, those are all pretty great on paper. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I was thinking as well about um, something like Baba Is You, which is, a, I think, a phenomenal puzzle game. Really, really good, but so difficult to explain what it is. Mm. Versus Ape Out, which is also one of my favourite games ever. A phenomenal, like, amazing game. And it has such clarity, like... Yeah, like the elevator pitch is basically the name of the game. Like you're an ape and you're out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and there's jazz. <laughs> there's yeah, ape out, ape out's a good one. I've completely forgot about that. Where you were like, oh yeah, that does exactly what it says on the tin, um, and it's really if, good. If you're listening to this listener and you haven't played ape out, please have a go at ape out. It's so good. It's a top down violence rhythm violence game <laughs> where you're a gorilla 
and you start at the start of a level and then your job is to just go from the left of the screen to the right side of the screen and smash and pull apart little soldiers that come at you and stay alive and it's so good yeah almost a little bit hotline miami-ish in terms of feel in that you die really quickly and then you go back in and you have to do everything in you have to string stuff together quite quickly so it's kind of like total carnage it's over in 20 seconds oh it's so good i love Um, it so hard i don't know if he's done any other games since then i must look into that mental note yeah, you'd think you would have then, heard, here's the new game from Mr. Ape out. Yeah, right. I, I hope think he is things doing like Baba Is You speaks to maybe the kind of games that like break out and in in indie games anyway, it feels like they don't when you don't have the maybe like the traditional production values to do like your more kind of cinematic trailers like they do in like traditional games and like A triple A games anyway. It feels like you have to have like a a gameplay idea that's so pure that you can show like a 10 second gif of it on twitter and then mm. everyone goes bang on it like it happened with baba is you it happened with untitled goose game like there's just there's certain games you like they just arrive on the scene they often show you like a short just pure clip of someone playing it no longer than 20 30 seconds and in that like the entire essence is there the entire potential of it or the comedy of it or whatever is there and almost those games like they because they don't have the cladding that you know the bigger studios often lean on in promoting their games Mm. like maybe the nature of the games themselves has to be like a bit more like this is it this is the thing that untitled goose game is a really good example as well because because it it, you're you're well what it is is you're a goose and you're stealing stuff from people in a village Mm. you know and that's that's all it is, and it's yeah, like like you said, doesn't have that kind of the the. That's all it is, you know. There's no like yeah. it's a new action rogue like you know a cross between this thing and that other thing, and it's really good, and everyone loved it. It got a bit, I got, got a bit over memed. I thought it kind of put me off it by well, the end when oh. I actually, when I got when I actually got to it, I was like, oh, freaking yeah, I guess I sort of felt like oh, I knew goose. it inside out because everyone had been like. The Naughty Goose. I was like, yeah, sure. I always get a little... Uh, have you ever done IGF shortlisting stuff? Uh, no, I mean, I've seen the seen it a few times, but I've not done yeah. votings. I did it one year. Not the... I was never on the... I've never on the panel to actually decide the prize, but like you yeah. can register to... Basically, there's like hundreds, if not thousands of indie games that you can play. And the problem with it is that everyone just gravitates towards the like the 10 they've already heard of so actually that process felt like completely kind of bollocks to me because not every game was getting a fair shake i didn't feel like all the games on the long list were getting played to get turned into a short list like people were gravitating towards the stuff they just already wanted to play which is yeah, why yeah. it's why the five games nominated are always the exact five you think are going to be nominated it's like oh the year of goose game of course it's a load of memes on twitter it's very like it's it's like a shortlist decided by people who are like exceedingly online. And because of that, like they can't, like they never ever color outside of the lines. That's the last time I'll ever be invited to do that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but what is, it, I, it, it much bugs me because I played some stuff in that where I was like, I've never heard of this. I've only played it because it's on the long list and it was really cool. But mm. like no one else, like you could just see the number of comments on it. Like no one else was engaging with it because it wasn't 
inscription or it wasn't a celebrity indie developer who was behind it it wasn't already a made game you know and yeah that's kind of but anyway that's that's my side (laughs) igf rant well i kind of agree because i've not done it those but like graham let me have a look at it once because he signs up for it and has a look at it and it is yeah like it's a very self-fulfilling thing where it's almost like like something like reddit you know where stuff will sort of get pushed to the top by how many like comments and how many interactions it has so the more people play something then the more likely as it is other people are going right, to exactly. play it so like why would you go for why would you ever pick to play something you've never heard of that only one other person has tested when there's like already 100 votes for goose game you know mm. but then as someone you know who has benefited with the it's me blorco uh moment <laughs> <laughs> sometimes the system does work sometimes the cream does rise to the top uh naturally so maybe we shouldn't question the the, the way things <laughs> <laughs> uh mate well Blorco might get banned or something you know elon musk owns Blorco now he'll monetize it you he should start making it. i'm gonna bur- i'm gonna burn it just to spite him you make an NFT of Blorco and then you delete ta- it. You may take our, you may take our platform, but you'll never take my Blorco. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, who? Who's this? Let, I've never let, heard of let it. Free, let freedom ring. Yeah. <laughs> you should make some. You should make some Blorco merch, Matthew. If you make a. a store page on something and and sell mugs saying it's me Blorco I'll buy one it is funny when you see someone else who's changed their twitter name to it's me Blorco and I'm like (laughs) you've made your online identity based on like this nonsense thing that I said that Catherine shrugged off when I told her like it's just funny that it's yeah like if only you knew this was uh, the only reason you read this was because it didn't impress it didn't impress my wife enough, and I wanted, <laughs> I wanted uh, some vindication. <laughs> How do you think that person would feel if they got to sit and talk to you for like half an hour and found out what you were like? Do you think they'd they'd be like, "I've feet? made a horrible mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I have hitched myself to the wrong wagon." It's like I'm afraid. <laughs> I hate to break it to you, I am not cool. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'd play them this episode of this podcast where I talked about trying to ask for the traffic cones. <laughs> I'd be like, this is actually what you're dealing with right now. <laughs> Big, um, who's the guy from Arrested Development who says I've made a terrible mistake? I've made a huge mistake. Uh, Job. I've made a huge mistake, yeah. It'd be that. <laughs> uh, that guy. Here's another game, which I guess a bit like Ace Attorney is probably a theme to mine. Uh, Papers, Please. Ooh, yeah. In just terms of like, regardless of how it plays, when someone's like, you play a border control agent, you are instantly kind of, oh, okay, yeah, I'm in. I want to know what that is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not not a deep or sophisticated take, but... Yeah. And and in that case, I think it does deliver as well. Like, it's good on paper, good in action. and And it's, you know, it's called Papers, Please. So three paper vectors Oh fulfilled. my word, it really wins. It ticks all the boxes. <laughs> it t- ticks all the boxes. And then you have to check which boxes are ticked and if they're ticked correctly. And, you know, that's one of those games that you have to play. I might, that's maybe a good topic, like best games that you need a, a physical note notebook for. Oh, yeah. I meticulously copied out the handbook. If you haven't paid papers, please. 
listener, you are a border guard in a sort of communist or slightly post-communist country not really clear and you have to check everyone's papers as they come into the country and you every day you get new rules about what has to be stamped and which things they need to have to get in and things like that and you have to check them and it's really good and I meticulously copied everything down in a physical notebook because I, I couldn't it was too small I had too much stuff to kind of get out on my desk so I had an actual kind of border guard uh oh, isn't handbook. that cheating well, I mean, it took me a long time to do it. So. You're still cheating. That's not cheating. It is because you're meant to like deal with all that stuff in the game. If you can make, if you can have extra stuff to hand. What? I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's a convoluted way of cheating. I don't think it's cheating. Please email in if it's cheating because I don't think it is. History will see right. If you know Lucas Pope, ask Lucas Pope. Is it cheating to copy out? the rule book from Papers, Please. Yeah, so gonna... you've got easier access to that information while you're playing. Yeah, someone at him. <laughs> He's got better things to be doing than dealing with that nonsense. Uh, do we know what his next game is? Because Opera well, Dead was really good. He's making one for the old crank it machine. Is he? Yeah, he's making one about, isn't it like a, like a, a zoo for monsters or something? Oh. For the play date. And it's, but it's, it's done. Hang I on. think he's got a similar kind of like sort I'm of Googling. dithering art style as um, Oberdin, I think. Unless I've just merged a couple of other projects in my head. And... Oh, he li- currently lives in Japan. I didn't know that. What a mega brain that guy has. Imagine coming up with Papers, know, Please yeah. and Oberdin. Imagine being Lucas Pope. Oh, my God. He's got such a good name as well. He's good, isn't it? Um, what about. Uh, did you ever play Insurmountable? I did not. The mountain climbing game came out last oh. year. In the last couple of years, I reviewed it for RPS. It's kind of a sort of a, a mountain climb. It's not mountain climbing done as a kind of tile hopping sort of sort of roguelite. In that there's like permadeath. The mountain is like randomly generated every time, so you don't know kind of what what pieces you're going to be dealing with and there's survival elements in that you're juggling like energy and food and warmth and it basically represents the mountain as a load of sort of um hexagonal kind of pillars and uh and there's, there's there's a lot of play trying to break it down in any great detail would take too much time but you know things like do you climb up a sheer face using a lot of energy in the process or do you take a longer safer journey are like some of the basic decisions there are then like event tiles that you can go to but they might give you survival kit that makes it easier later on or it might be like trigger an avalanche so there's lots of like random happenings you're having to kind of deal with this this mountain but what i really liked about it is when like you at the lower clock at the, the kind of the the lower atmosphere it's it's all a bit kind of gentler paced so you can kind of like spend a bit more time you don't worry about oxygen really at the bottom of the mountain and then you enter like the death zone i think it's called which oh, is God. like when you hit a certain hit thing like everything intensifies and all of a sudden like a few more survival meters like the oxygen really comes into play and i i just i really liked the sense of the game changing up and intensifying at this very sort of fixed marker. And, you know, 
in a way a quite an arcadey take on like a mountain it isn't like a full simulation of climbing a mountain yeah but in terms of like capturing how i would imagine your concerns change climbing a mountain i thought it was really successful i thought it was i was almost more into someone seeing mountain climbing and thinking oh roguelike elements could really support this i thought it was a really neat genre match so like Mm. and i like the game i like the game enough i think it definitely in those early days and they've updated it since but in those early days there weren't like enough variety of events and like the actual loop of it, it like the cl- each you, you were you were climbing three successive peaks, and if you died, you were like all the way back to the start, and it was just too long. Like it was, it was you were having to do too much kind of like boring work to then get sent all the way back to the start again. I thought it was a little off on yeah. the timings, and maybe they've improved it. I should probably go back and see, but as an idea, I think it's great, really neat. I'm learning that you sort of like thing that is not game and find finding ways to make it yeah fun yeah. game and i my favorite on paper things are like uh <laughs> it's <are a> <laughs> like yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i'm like, just like i don't know i'm not a, i'm not like the wackiest person <laughs> so... but not intentionally <laughs> You said that in such a resigned way, though. <laughs> well, because well, I imagine some people are like, "Oh, he's a bit wacky, isn't he?" And that isn't that it really isn't what I'm going for. <laughs> I I consider I, myself I mean, a serious man. <laughs> I I may be wrong, but I don't know if wacky would be the first thing. Hmm. Well, that's good. That's not what that's, that's not what good. I'm going for. Yeah, like I don't know. I I don't respond particularly well to things which are just like the main element of them is that like they're silly or they're cute. Like that doesn't really do it. That doesn't really do it for me where people are just like, Oh, this is such a cute idea. Maybe that's why donut country county left me like a little cold. Was it county or country? I've been saying country. Country. I I, I honestly don't remember. Anyway. Um, Um, Yeah. I I don't know. Like these things, they got a bit more of a hook to them for me. I'm just, I just like jobs. (laughs) I just like working too much. Just like jobs. I love jobs. (laughs) I I like things that have like a a kind of a cool yeah a cool wacky idea like at the as the hook but then you do have to have something else because like yeah. I like I think we both and stop me if I'm wrong but I think we both like games that are using the unique sort of things that games can offer more than they are trying to be like a book or a film you know yeah, I th- yeah, I'd say that's that's roughly yeah. true. But I I like I like being a hole. <laughs> you like being a hole. Well, I am and a you... hole. I accept that I am a hole. And and you like being a lawyer, and that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's like, but like <laughs> like I think young horse horses games are like are good on paper. Like Octodad. That's such a good. Yeah. You're you're an octopus, and you have to try and control all your limbs <laughs> and yeah. do household tasks while pretending to be a man. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a winner. <laughs> Isn't that's it? Like instantly like, yeah, no, that's like in- instantly pleasing. That's that's good zany. That's good wacky. Okay. Did they make the one about the burger bugs? Bug snacks, yeah. That's a, I think that's a great one on paper as well. My friend Tim, friend of the show Tim, who uh, complained uh, unofficial fourth host of this show i know i've been mentioning him a lot lately 
um, but he did complain that we um, that we weren't we didn't take his egg complaint seriously. But he got really kind of weirdly unmoored by the idea of bug snacks, and and kind Ooh. of went down a bit of a spiral thinking about it. But was texting me at like one a.m. being like, "What are they?" Yikes! Yeah, but Let's go uh, to bed. I, That's what I say. Just go to bed. Let's <laughs> go to bed. Don't think about it. But um, job done. Job done. Bish bash bosh. Um. <laughs> I uh, that I think that's a great that's a great game on paper. That's a great game on paper. Like at, like animals that are food. I mean animals are food. Right, animals are food, yeah. I'm like, yeah. Like all they've done is taken out the middleman. All they've done yeah, is they've looked at an animal and they've removed Ronald McDonald and given you a burger animal. Do you think Ronald McDonald makes the burgers, Matthew? Like he's the animals plus Ronald McDonald equals burgers. Is is like <laughs> no? I don't think. I I would hope not. I mean, no, because all the branches everywhere. Maybe he's in a dark kitchen somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> an industrial estate outside of Luton with just oh Ronald McDonald cooking a thousand burgers. I'll see if I'll see if I can find it, but there was a really dark, like ongoing kind of comic that someone was drawing just in Biro and posting to Reddit about SpongeBob SquarePants, and uh, it was that uh, Patrick had been at one point like had an arm cut off and then grown into another Patrick, and then that second Patrick was strapped into a machine at the back of the Krabby Patty, constantly having like slivers of his arms. And legs cut off to make the burgers, and that's why the burgers are so delicious. Mm. And then the comic was him like getting revenge. <laughs> Man, the internet is so messed up. Oh, I love it. Uh, the there was a thing doing the rounds yesterday. It was so funny when um, the the Twitter stuff was kicking off with Elon Musk. A great and, day for takes. Yeah, and oh, the, yeah, and uh, I saw loads of people saying. Like, oh, I'm leaving this to go to this other thing. Oh, I, no, you're not. This, this, but this really undermines my anecdotes. I can't remember the name of the other thing. Apparently, there's some kind of like is it private... Mastodon. Yeah, that's it, Mastodon. It had a funny yeah. name. I was like, huh? um, and I just saw this thread kept popping up throughout the evening about someone who was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Here's actually why, like, uh, Mastodon is like problematic, or actually, here's some like wider ramifications. And it was quite a serious serious-minded uh, thread where they were explaining, you know, the dangers of, um, you know, what server admin privileges could do and the fact that all your messages were going to be in the hands of, like, just other people rather than a big company and the dangers yeah. of that. But what was funny was it was this really serious breakdown, but it was all from clearly from someone who'd had a very bad experience in, like, a furry community. Oh, because God. all of their examples were about furry communities. And <laughs> at first I was like, this is very niche. Like what a really strange way of framing. Because I thought it was like a business analyst where, because everyone kept repeating it going like, oh, a lot of really, you know, deep points in this, or a lot of really serious yeah. good points in this. So I was like, oh, right. I thought it was going to be like someone from like, I don't know, Bloomberg or something. And um, yeah, and then when I was reading, it's just every example is like, so you're in this furry community and you're at war with another <laughs> furry community. And I was like, wait As a second, do, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against the furry communities. It just made me laugh that like this was 
the go-to thread for like it's a like, serious yeah. discussion. I was like, when you see what? like someone having like a really serious take about like the war in Ukraine, yeah. and like their, their screen name is 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 like something horrible, like. <laughs> Like yeah, like, yeah, that happens a lot on Twitter. Just it's like huge sort of dissonance between what's being said yeah. and who's saying it. Sometimes you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to give an example. It's just wild. But, <laughs> but the only joke examples I could think of were too horrible to say <laughs> on the podcast. So I yeah, I mean, I should have probably worked it out from the fact that their avatar was like a sort of sexy cow, blue fox. Yeah. Um, sexy yeah, but you know, it, I'm, listen, I, it's been. A, a big weekend for the furries because uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them was beaten by both Sonic and uh, the bad guys, which is that new DreamWorks um, movie about a, a wolf with the voice of Sam thingy. So congratulations to the furries out there. I can't, I, I, <laughs> I've finally got my PC back, so I finished Fixed Fox last night. And uh, I love Fixed Fox. I think it's great, but like... Whenever I posted about it on the website, the first comments are always from furries, and I always go, "Oh yeah, of course, yeah," because you're a a nice fox with like hands and stuff in it. So it's a good game, though. Where That's good go? on paper, actually. You're what, like a which one's you that? Go, fix fox. You go around and you fix things, but with like you lose all your tools basically, and you fix things with like stuff you find and trade off other people, like plasters and. Uh, like you don't have a screwdriver, so you use a spatula, that kind of thing. It's really good. Oh. I like it a lot. Uh, but probably we should head down now into the cavern of lies. We don't have. I don't have a mug to. Uh, hang well, on. I can do. I can do both bits. Oh, go on then. The cavern of lies. Oh, Matthew Castle, well done. Thank you. Uh, welcome to. To my cavern this week, which uh, is a spooky graveyard with very small graves where are buried video games. Uh, Because this week, where, hang on, let me get out my, I've got a word doc that I copied them into. Um, This week, The Cavern of Lies is games that have been cancelled. Okay. Uh, Yeah. And I've locked you in this graveyard, and one of these games that has been cancelled. I made up, and you need to dig into that grave and get the key to get out. Okay. There you <laughs> go. If I dig into the other graves, I guess I'm just desecrating an actual grave. Yeah, and then uh, you'll be arrested and put in prison. There you go. <laughs> Won't be the first time. <laughs> I wish I... I need to re-upload some... Hang on. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I need to re-upload some. There are still some uh, some stings left from when I had like a soundboard. You've had a tish all this time, and you've never used it. I have a, so, I have like twenty tish moments an episode. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like Mister Badumtish. Forget Hugh concept. Uh. I've got dramatic piano. I think that's a mm. a kind of inbuilt one ballpark. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I, was about say, I was about to say something sad yeah. like you've gone set dying and then he played the baseball then... sound. <laughs> Great. That wasn't a joke. Right. <laughs> I'll upload some more and then we'll get back to using them. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
<laughs> you should do the Badumtish after at really inappropriate moments. Yeah. Yeah, I will do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, welcome to the graveyard. So, um, you approach the the first gravestone, uh, and it reads Star Wars: Return of the Jedi Ewok Adventure. Uh, the rare double colon uh, in Ooh. a game title. Um, a cancelled 1983 shoot 'em up video game based on the Star Wars film Return of the Jedi. The game was developed by Atari Games and was to be published by Parker Brothers on the Atari 2600. I don't know how you do Atari names. Sorry. Yeah, um, that sounds right. Yeah, it was completed, but the game was never released for sale as the marketing department of Parker Brothers considered the controls too difficult to master. A prototype cartridge surfed in, uh, surfaced in 1997. Uh, one Ooh. copy is known to exist. Because uh, the designer Larry Gelberg gave the only known prototype to his colleague's son, who later sold the game for for one thousand six hundred eighty dollars. Um, there is it, no way you made this up. You would not have made up a, a fact about someone <laughs> called Larry Gelberg like that. What? <laughs> this is so detailed. Uh, you play as an Ewok. Uh, in the hang glider core and you have to destroy a shield generator of the imperial army so you control the hang glider and you have to evade enemies i mean it sounds terrible yeah. but like the detail is just well it was if that's a lie yeah i know but if that's a lie that's phenomenal uh okay number two second gravestone the four horsemen of the apocalypse was to be a video game centered on the actions of several playable characters that are left on earth after the rapture these characters were widely uh, widely different and ranged from a fallen priest to a young stripper and would each have special weapons and abilities. <laughs> and, uh, I don't have examples. I wish I did. Um, the game was, it says, the game was basically scrapped after the company went bankrupt in May 2003. It does say that um, some quite famous people were signed on to as voice actors, Lance Henriksen was going to be Abaddon, and Tim Curry was going to be Satan, as he often is. Oh, uh, I don't know. I mean, that's that is good detail, but it's also like I don't know. Two thousand three, Tim Curry. Mm. Mm. Uh, all right. I don't know. It has a whiff next, about it. Next up is Lego Bionicle, the Legend of Matanui. Colon the Legend of Matanui. Okay. Uh, this was based on the the Bionicle toys, you know, the action figures that mm-hmm. were massive for a while in the 2000s. Um, it was intended to release on uh, Microsoft Windows in late 2001 and GameCube in 2002. Um, and it was designed as a direct sequel to the Game Boy Advance game. It was cancelled for unknown reasons and according to the development team it was around 90% completed the time of its cancellation hmm. um, it was cancelled two months away from release in 2008 uh, 2018 sorry two builds were leaked online okay yeah this sounds I think I think I may have actually heard of this one well, I've definitely like it rings a bell and also if you were going to make up something, I just don't know that your brain would go to Lego Bionicle. Like, you don't strike me as the kind of person who would naturally land on that <laughs> as a lie. Like, it isn't My at the forefront was... of, what, of what you are about. Bionicle. 
Interesting. What is it the forefront of what I'm about, Matthew? Like, you holes. Like <laughs> crime fiction, holes, yeah. the boats, <laughs> yeah. uh, well, the boats Club Orange, new... <laughs> <laughs> or Club Shandy, or whatever it's called. These are things that I have mentioned to you within the last week yeah. and a half. <laughs> yeah, and so they're at the forefront of your mind. Bionicle, like, you've never once said, like, made a bionicle joke or or said it all that's just like this guy from bionicle that's because well that's because i'm funny and bionicles would not be a timely reference so <laughs> i don't know i don't know okay. i just i don't have you down uh, as a bionicle head but let's let's move on <laughs> all right all right uh all right next up uh is kiss showtime colon light it up a cancelled action adventure game for Microsoft Windows inspired by the rock band Kiss. It was to be the second game developed by Third Law Interactive. The game was cancelled in 2001 after the publisher Gathering of Developer? Developers dropped out of the project and Third Law Interactive failed to find a new publisher. It was to be a third-person action adventure game with gameplay similar to the Tomb Raider series. The player took control of the band Kiss as they tried to reach a live performance in New York City. All four members of the band were playable characters, although only one was controlled at a time. I mean, this there was there was definitely a Kiss game that came out. Like, so the idea that there be, might be another Kiss game isn't preposterous. The details are very specific. Like, gathering of developers. I mean, that is a that is a weird ass publisher to like <laughs> to use if this is made up. This is like. <laughs> All of these have too many deep details. I'm really, I'm still waiting for one of these to be a complete right. wash, and they haven't been okay. yet. The last one is Thrill okay. Kill, uh, a cancel fighting game developed by Paradox Development. Uh, it was marketed as the first four pers- uh, first four player 3D fighting game, as up to four players were able to play at once. Uh, and instead of the standard health by each player, was given a kill meter. Uh, it is uh, the game's plot involves ten people all of whom get sent to hell after dying and then are made to fight to the death by the goddess of secrets. Well, they've already died and gone to hell. I know, that is a, that is a, a flaw now that I look at it. Um, the, the game was uh, going to be one of the only um, adults-only uh, rating rated games because of its gory and sexual nature. Uh, but um, it was originally set to release in 1998, um, and then in, in August 1998, the American operator's version interactive required by Electronic Arts, which led to EA gaining the publishing rights to Thrill Kill, and they thought it was too violent for publication. It was later reskinned as the video game Wu Tang Shaolin style. What? <laughs> yeah. Uh. Oh man, these are all so detailed. One of them is definitely fake. Yeah. So there's Star Wars: Return of the Jedi, Ewok Adventure. Yeah. There's the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. There's Lego Bionicle. Yeah. Kiss Showtime, and there's Thrill Kill. I mean, if you don't, if you don't find the right one that's fake, Matthew, you're going to be they're all it's definitely bionicle is definitely a real cancel game i'm sure of it i'm absolutely sure of it i don't think you've got bionicle the one which had the fewest details about it i thought was the four horsemen of the apocalypse 
Tim Curry is Satan. You see, that does sound like something I could believe you pulling out of your brain because you're like, I don't know, <laughs> you strike me as someone who's probably into Tim Curry. <laughs> Listen, Tim Curry is, is the Lord of Darkness is one of my first nascent crushes. So yeah, so okay, you got me is, back to right that, there. In fairness, that, that could be a that could be a good lie. But the fact that you're enthusiastically endorsing my line of thinking makes me suggest you're trying to push me towards the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Like, <laughs> well, I don't all... have a crush on Tim Curry anymore. The thing is, they've all got things that I just. I can't believe you'd go, you'd you'd make up a game and then attribute it to gathering of developers. That is mad. Um, likewise, the Paradox Steel Kill one, it's just, it's so niche that it can only be true. But then the Star Wars one, you you had that, the bloke who made it. And <laughs> it's so, I mean, I, it has to be one of those three, I think. Um, so, it, so it's either the Star Wars one, the Four Horse, which one? I think it's, I think it's, Oh, well, that's actually that's four of them. That's yeah. All I've done is said it's one of the four. Um, <laughs> I the four, the four horsemen. It it real. I just think it feels like you're trying to lure me into that one, and that one's actually real. Really, based on not a huge amount, I'm going to say the Star Wars one is fake, but an All incredible right. fake. Okay. Well, thank you for your faith. Uh, okay. You're gonna start start digging into the the Star Wars grave first, using a shovel and then scrabbling with your your bare hands. Good, uh, and, and then uh, you you stand back horrified as you've unearthed the corpse of a poor little Ewok. Oh no! And then tackled to the ground by a policeman for desecrating an Ewok's grave because that was real. Oh my word! Which one was fake? It was Kiss. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> where did, where did, gathering a developer, that's, they haven't been around, that's like an old publishing label. It, I, I, in fairness, I stole that from, I basically looked up a list of cancelled games and I, I, oh, I stole old developer. Man, that was but, good. That was a good fake. Thanks. Thank you. Take oh. him away, boys. <laughs> ah, I'm sorry, Ewoks. Well played. <laughs> Thanks. You got me. I oh, remain undefeated. It. I'm on quite a good streak with my cabinet. Yeah. I've got to up my game. Yeah. But for now, that's about all we have time for on this, the Electronic Wireless Show. Uh, this is episode 184, the best games on paper, and all that is left to do is recommendations, because every week we recommend something that is not a video game. So... Hugh. <laughs> yes. What are you recommending this week? Um, you've heard me and and you talk a lot about Bullet Train on this podcast mm. um, by Kotaro Osaka. I'm going to recommend his next book, which is just out, uh, called Three Assassins. It is, I don't know if it's before or after Bullet Train. No spoilers what happens in Bullet Train, but um, that was about a load of assassins on a bullet train. This also has assassins in it. One of them is in Bullet Train. Um, so that it's kind of it's part of the same universe, I'd say. And it's about a man trying to take revenge on a kind of gangster and his uh, journey that kind of also involves three key assassins of the day um, who've all got very cool names. There's the whale, um, the cicada, and uh, the pusher. 
um, who was the bullet train connection. Um, and it's all about their sort of each one's got a different technique for assassinating people and it's quite a tight little thriller not quite as good at bullet train but uh if you if you like that book you'll really dig this too ah uh, good i got it because i i tweeted that i was going to a bookshop and you just sent me a picture of the book and i did get it <laughs> i haven't read it yet there you go but uh i'm excited i'm looking forward to it um I am get oh and also I watched Severance that you recommended that was oh, good. Oh yeah. You yeah. liked it. Yeah. It is good. It's a good it's it's there hasn't been a sort of lost replacement for a while, you know, just a a TV show where you watch and you're like this is a bit silly but also what does that mean and what are all theories and stuff so it's good. Uh I'm going to recommend uh the new currently airing and final series of Derry Girls. Um oh. Yeah, it's just started a couple of weeks ago. Um, first couple of episodes, really, really good. Really lovely, funny, very specific. Um, really good if you were like a teenager in the 90s. Great guest stars. Um, so give it a watch. Uh, the, the and then main we'll... one in Derry Girls, I always think, is a bit of a madam. Uh, she's meant to be. <laughs> yeah, she's a bit full on though, isn't she? I like it because they're not like none of them really are kind of you know like teenagers in in American like high school shows and stuff are all like really hot thirty yeah yeah and I guess really yeah, cool. she's a, and I a like believably one, ob- obnoxious teenager like they're yeah they're kind of like annoying in a teenage way and they pull like unattractive faces and uh, <laughs> yeah I think it's really cool um, and we'll assume that Nate was going to recommend like some sort of weird catch up. Or, um, <laughs> or <laughs> some kind of algae or, or something for yeah, your tank. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so we'll that, see. That was perfect, but dumb chish. Oh, man. That, those, that soundboard's going to take this podcast to the next level. I'll add some more stuff. I can add a, <laughs> some options. <laughs> Because we used to use it. That's where nice and ooh-la-la came from. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, until next week, uh, listener, remember, you can look up Rock Paper Shotgun on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. You can email us, podcast at rockpapershotgun.com. Uh, Henry Cavill is running a charity run for the Durrell Conservation something or other in Jersey. Donate. Tell him we sent you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you don't have to donate but it's like an, it's an animal conservation thing it does seem like a good cause um, so if you do donate remember to put the electronic wire the show, <laughs> the show told me to do this also talk to them because <laughs> that's what charity is really about trying to get the attention of celebrities yeah. for your own yeah. nefarious means it's not nefarious we want it's, to be friends well, with no, them it's, no it's not nefarious we just want to talk to him but that's that nothing Nothing sounds more dodgy than we haven't got nefarious plans. We just want to talk to you. <laughs> You're like, uh oh, what are they going to do to me? <laughs> we just want to hear stuff come out your hole, man. <laughs> oh, oh, God. For <laughs> all your PC gaming game needs, go to www.robbapshotgun.com. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>
Thank you.